0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good
1: evening, and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. We begin with breaking news in the Okanagan. A local state of emergency has been declared in Summerland. An evacuation order has been issued for two properties on Garnet Valley Road, and this is why. The district says this morning an area of soil and trees approximately 10 meters wide at the crest of the slope above this home flowed down and into the south corner of the house. In addition, an evacuation alert has been issued for 21025 Garnet Valley Road, and occupants should be prepared to leave at a moment's notice. Occupants of the home hardest hit were there at the time, but thankfully no one was injured.
2: My neighbor had said that Have you, had you seen the landslide and I looked and I saw a little bit of dirt it didn't really look like a whole lot of anything. <clears throat> then I looked through the spotting scope and saw that there was a fair amount of structural damage and trough that was crumpled windows out.
1: A geotech says the land is still unstable. Crews remain on scene monitoring the potential impact. Fortis BC is also on the site, assessing the potential risk to a gas main located near the slide site. Now, West Vancouver's mayor is calling out Metro Vancouver's municipal leaders for voting themselves a golden handshake last week. Michael Smith is insisting the raise and retirement allowance was not on the agenda when he left for his vacation, expressing shock to our Jill Bennett. He also explained what he intends to do about it when he gets back.
0: All those in favor? Opposed?
3: One week after Metro Vancouver board members voted themselves a pay raise and a retroactive retirement payment, one mayor, who missed the votes because they were added so late to the agenda, is livid.
4: This retirement allowance is completely over the top. You know, how, where on earth does this come from? No discussion with the board? No advance notice? This is just, you know, it's completely unacceptable.
3: Smith says it's also unacceptable. There was no roll call, no record of who voted for and against the pay raise. The Canadian Taxpayers Federation agrees.
5: In order to find out if your mayor or your city councillor voted him or herself a sweet pay raise and a retirement bonus, you have to scroll through a 40-something minute long video and try to catch them with their hands stuck up in the air.
4: Part of the attraction retention of getting people to come to this table and to make the decisions that are important for this region is to ensure that they are appropriately compensated.
3: But the retirement bonus is retroactive to 2007. It works out to about $1,100 per year, meaning many of the mayors who aren't running in the next civic election will walk with thousands of extra dollars.
5: The chair of the Metro Vancouver Board is paid more than $70,000 to be the chair of the Metro Vancouver Board. That person also happens to be a mayor, so he makes a mayor's salary on top of all of that. And now they've just voted themselves a retirement bonus, all with our money.
3: The vote passed with a handful of board members opposed, but West Van's mayor plans on filing a notice of motion. He says to rescind the retirement bonus, or at least have the discussion that should have happened first.
4: People in politics have forgotten how hard people work to pay their taxes. This is what really irks me. You know, so, you know, this half a million dollars that they're going to spend on these directors' retirement allowances, the people in the, you know, had to work damn hard to
3: pay the taxes so that they can take that money. Jill Bennett, Global News. A vocal
1: rally outside the Burnaby RCMP detachment this afternoon as Kinder Morgan protesters called for the release of a man arrested at the site last night.
6: He's protecting his land, protecting his water, his unceded territory, not just for himself and his family, but for all of us.
1: About 30 to 40 protesters rallied at the Deer Lake Detachment to show support for and demand the release of a First Nations protester they say was arrested at the Kinder Morgan site last night. RCMP say 31-year-old Harry Johnson LaRue was arrested on an outstanding warrant relating to an alleged assault of a Burnaby officer last Sunday at the Kinder Morgan protest site in Burnaby. Johnson LaRue remains in custody tonight. Investigators are trying to determine what started a two-alarm fire that caused extensive damage to a Burnaby home and sent the occupant to hospital with burns. Crews say extinguishing this blaze was particularly challenging.
5: Jennifer Palma tells us why. Dozens of Burnaby firefighters battle an early morning blaze. Columns of white smoke hover above a home while neighbors frantically bang on doors, alerting others of the danger.
0: I was woken up by my housemate about 10 after 2. I looked out through the window and I could see flames coming up above the hedge. Uh, We scrambled together, got our
7: cats uh, gathered.
5: Neighbors tell Global News the elderly man who lived in the home came out, one of them going to his aid, but then he returned, apparently trying to get some of his belongings.
4: He tried to re-enter his building and uh, he collapsed in the doorway which is where our crews uh, found him with fire coming, off, coming out of the doorway. There were some burns, definitely, and he'd taken some smoking.
5: The house in the 6200 block of Sumas Street is hidden behind overgrowth, and inside the home, a large amount of clutter, making it hard to battle the fire.
4: It was what, what we refer to as a hoarder's house. It was fairly uh, quite messy inside uh, for us to perform a proper search and uh, extinguish the fire. Years ago, I was campaigning for cancer research or something. I went to his door, and I saw his living room. I couldn't believe it, what I saw. Computers, papers, everything,
5: you know, poor guy. Area residents say the senior kept to himself and appeared to struggle with dementia. Some adding they shoveled for him and that city crews had been by several times in recent years to clean up his property. It breaks my heart because he's a really nice, quiet guy. I hope he's Okay. The victim was taken to hospital. Two firefighters suffered minor injuries, one with burns, another with a sprained ankle. The cause of the blaze remains under investigation. The home is uninhabitable. Jennifer Palma, Global News. The case against an Oak
1: Bay father charged with killing his two daughters will go straight to trial. Andrew Barry faces two counts of second-degree murder in the deaths of six-year-old Chloe and four-year-old Aubrey. Their bodies were discovered on Christmas Day at their father's Oak Bay apartment. 43-year-old Barry was also found with self-inflicted wounds. He was arrested after being released from hospital. Now Crown is proceeding with a direct indictment, meaning they will skip a preliminary hearing and proceed directly to trial, which is expected to start late in the fall. Enough is enough for residents of Surrey's Bridgeview neighborhood. They're fed up with the rundown conditions in their community and City Hall ignoring their calls for help. John Hua has a look at the problem and how the city is responding to the criticism.
8: It's a community nestled in the shadow of the aging Patello. But Bridgeview residents say they're tired of being overlooked by the city of Surrey. Over the last 10 years, it's gone downhill. Derelict roads, just one of the frustrations for Joe LeMessurier who's called Bridgeview home for 30 years.
9: This sidewalk has not been touched since I lived here. The only patches on this sidewalk
8: are ones that I've done. Others say illegal dumping has become a rampant problem for this residential neighbourhood.
2: It's a dumping ground. I mean, it's just, it's, they don't care about us here. They just don't care. And it's really frustrating.
8: While they once hoped help would come rolling in... Instead, it was heavy traffic. Residents blame one truck park down the road that was given a temporary permit by the city and fear another one is on the way. This is a fresh one. Combine that with the softer soil that sits under Bridgeview and new problems have started to creep up inside their homes. Every time a big reefer truck drives by, the whole house shakes and actually kinks the roof and then I got patches. I got a, a pot in my bedroom half the time and my kitchen ceiling has got a hole in it. The city of Surrey says it is making road improvements and setting in bylaw officers to keep trucks away. But a better solution is tied to the province and the Patillo Bridge replacement.
4: We're hoping With some improvements that we can work with the provincial government related to Patella Bridge, we can isolate some of that so it's on
8: truck routes that are meant for that. Residents say in the meantime, they're being left to watch their community literally fall apart.
3: Do something about it. We pay our taxes. This is the only community in Surrey where it's allowed. Surrey staff
8: will meet with Bridgeview residents next week to hear their concerns firsthand. (laughs) Chance to shed light on what's caused years of frustration. John Hua, Global News.
1: Well, as you might expect, major delays at the ferries and border crossings this long weekend. This was the scene at the Pacific border crossing about an hour ago. Not too bad, but it was a little busier for drivers over at the Peace Arch. And earlier today, the wait was even longer, upwards of three hours southbound. The B.C. ferries also busy, adding 74 extra sailings on their two busiest routes. Passengers are encouraged to make a reservation this weekend it's the end of an era in victoria the old johnson street bridge is officially closed to vehicle traffic and tomorrow celebrations will take place marking the opening of the new bridge kylie stanton is live tonight with more on the big event it's been a long time coming kylie
10: Well, yes, Sophie, this has been about a decade in the making, but tomorrow evening at 9 o'clock, the new bridge is set to open. Before then, the public is invited to come down to the old bridge and say their goodbyes to Big Blue. But it it has been, like you said, a long time in the making. This bridge, this project has had as many ups and downs as that old bridge deck itself. January 11, 1924. Vehicles and pedestrians line up to be the first to cross over the wooden planks of the new Johnson Street Bridge, finally open after years of budget overruns and delays. Little did they know, more than eight decades later, history would repeat itself.
0: We were um, very concerned with
9: a, um, an ill-conceived project that was barreling out of control.
10: It started back in late 2007 with just one question. Repair or replace?
9: Order of magnitude costs.
10: Original estimates pegged the first option at $30 million, while building a new bridge came to $63 million. But it was only a matter of time before those numbers started to climb.
0: Since 2008, that was the bottom, lane, uh, bottom level
4: for construction costs, for material costs. If you're
10: interested, sign. By 2010, a watchdog group was fed up. Members started a petition gathering enough signatures to force the city of Victoria to hold a referendum on the project.
2: 9,105.
9: <laughs> well done, everybody. Good Good up. To you.
10: But the vote didn't go their way. It was split 60% for Newbridge, 40% against.
8: I'm really surprised. Hello.
10: And so, Council moved forward with its innovative rolling bascule design, awarding the contract to PCL in December of 2012 with a new price tag of a whopping $92.8 million. Then, in the spring of 2013, construction began only to come to a grinding halt. Due to problems with the steel fabrication in china
7: all the time spent crawling in out over under
10: terry logan would spend the next four years overseas on quality control standing here today
7: it's extremely gratifying to be able to see that
0: it's in place functional
10: (laughs) and he's not alone
6: i'm just happy to see it here finally at last
4: i was hoping that it was going to be open so i could ride my motorcycle
3: across
10: that will have to wait until sunday when the bridge finally opens to the public Nearly a decade and $105 million later.
3: The public's had a lot of patience. Uh, It's been very frustrating. I think tomorrow um, we're going to turn a page and, and look toward the future. All
1: right, Kylie, the new bridge is about to open finally, but it's not really quite finished yet, is it?
10: Well, that's right, Sophie. The city still needs to remove the old bridge, and there is still some work to be done around the green space that's planned around the new one. On top of that, there are still some details like fendering that need to be complete before they can finally put this project to bed. So-
1: Almost there. All right. Thanks very much, Kylie. Right now, though, a little more than a month after suffering a massive heart attack, director Kevin Smith is following through on his pledge to help save Vancouver's Rio Theatre. Global's Julia Foy is live at the Rio tonight, where Smith is putting on two sold-out benefit shows. Julia.
2: Absolutely. In fact, the doors have just opened mere moments ago. People are starting to file in. They've been lined up here for close to two hours, waiting to see a fundraising show put on by none other than Kevin Smith. Now, he's a very popular actor and director. He's known for uh, movies like Clerks and Tusk. And, of course, he's been working a lot on a local production called Flash and in fact there's going to be some paraphernalia from Flash that's going to be auctioned off tonight. People are just happy to see him do his comedy routine but really at the heart of it all it's trying to fundraise to save the Rio Theatre. The former manager and now new owner of the Rio is trying to raise a million dollars by the end of this weekend and she says she's got a lot to thank Kevin Smith for
6: we put the bat signal out to the world that
11: we wanted to buy the Rio and that we needed the community's help. Kevin Smith answered the call. He responded right away and said how much he loves the Rio. He's been here before and he's performed here before
2: and uh, he just offered up uh, that he would do a fundraiser so we took him up on it and uh, we scheduled this and made it happen. Now, there's going to be people here attending a 7 o'clock show and another one at 9.30. They've only raised about $270,000 in their fundraising efforts so far. So they've got a way to go, but it's a very exciting crew here today, all hoping they can save the Rio. Sophie? All right, thanks for that, Julia Foy, at the Rio for
1: us tonight. Vancouver-born actress Kristen Crook is denying a new report that says she helped to recruit women into an alleged sex slave cult in the U.S. A New York Post article claims Crook, now starring in the TV series Burden of Proof, helped recruit women into the Nexium cult, along with her Smallville co-star Allison Mack. In a statement, Crook says she once took a course with the group to help battle her shyness, but she says she left it five years ago. The organization's leader was arrested in Mexico on sex trafficking charges. Captured on camera, a rare sighting of a sperm whale close to the shore off Nanaimo. The sperm whale, nicknamed Yukusam, was photographed by three researchers with the Pacific Biological Station. The young male was last seen in February in Johnston Strait, along the northeast coast of Vancouver Island. Before that, there had only been an acoustic detection of a sperm whale, making this all the more rare. Scientists aren't sure why he's in these waters, possibly looking for food. Well, they're called passive houses. And while you might not have heard much about them, you probably will in the coming years. Passive homes are built to be as energy efficient as possible. And as Nadia Stewart reports, Vancouver is becoming an important hub.
6: On the surface, this looks like a typical home under construction. But a closer look at the details.
8: So this is the bonus room. Uh, on the third level
6: and you'll see what lucio Picciano saw back in 2015 when he built uh, vancouver's first certified passive house
8: more and more people are uh, recognizing the the standard and they'll say oh this is a passive house wow i've read about that i saw it on tv that's great
6: so just what is a passive house well think high-tech energy efficiency high-tech ventilation no air leakages and thicker walls and windows the house is even oriented in such a way to allow for the right amount of heat or shade depending on the season. Now, this all might sound underwhelming until you consider the monthly utility bills. We
8: spent probably four, just under $400 on total energy consumption. That's heating, water, everything. So uh, $30 a month or something like that. Yeah. Uh,
6: and how big is your home?
8: It's 2,500 square feet.
6: According to the Passive House Institute in Germany, Vancouver is seeing a surge in demand more than anywhere else in Canada. Over the past three years we've seen a significant increase to the point now where we have over two and a half million square feet uh, in permitting or under construction. These days the only thing slowing down this movement is itself. There's a limited number of Passive Home designers and builders.
4: It's always difficult to do something for the first time supply chains for components aren't fully developed. We don't have a broad enough base of expertise in the design and construction.
6: Picciano says demand is so high, he's been turning projects down, something he thinks won't change, as going green becomes the new gold standard. Now to Historic Global News.
1: For the second time in three days, an Alberta police officer has been shot in the line of duty. Thankfully, the Edmonton RCMP officer wasn't seriously hurt, but
12: as Global Sarah Krause reports, it could easily have been much worse. The shootout between RCMP and a wanted man began with a high-speed pursuit on Highway 16 shortly after 5 p.m. Thursday. We're gonna
4: chasing this guy, guys.
12: Officers spotted 21-year-old Adam Bedahar near Evansburg and gave chase. He was suspected of killing his acquaintance, 22-year-old Nadia El dib whose body was found in a backyard in Calgary's Marlborough Park neighborhood last Sunday.
4: Adam Bedihaar. Is wanted on a Canada wide warrant for first degree murder.
12: After chasing Betahar up and down Highway 16, officers used a spike belt to deflate his tires. When Betahar's vehicle came to a stop, shots rang out.
2: We have an officer down. Oh. Oh
0: head down breathing
12: Shot in the line of duty was RCMP Sergeant Brian Topham. He had a bullet graze his head. Stars Air ambulance flew him to Edmonton where he is now in stable condition. Bedahar was killed in the gunfire the shootout taking place beside a normally quiet rural community.
0: I was shocked, you know. I mean, it happens all the time, but when it's this close to home, it kind of sets you back a little bit, you know.
12: Alberta's Serious Incident Response Team has now taken over the investigation. Sarah Krause, Global News.
1: Global Affairs Canada has made it official. Four Canadian diplomats have been expelled from Russia. The move is in retaliation for Canada's expulsion of four Russian diplomats over the poisoning of a former Russian spy, Sergei Skripal, and his daughter, Yulia, by what has been described as a military-grade nerve agent. Russia denies being involved in the attack. A collective gasp in a Florida courtroom today as the wife of the man who massacred 49 people in an Orlando nightclub was found not guilty of helping him. Many of the victim's families angry with the verdict.
0: Tonight, Noor Salman leaving the courthouse without a word. It's a great day for Ms. Salman. Her attorneys reacting to the not guilty verdicts. I think she was overwhelmed. I think we were all overwhelmed. But outside the Pulse nightclub where Salman's husband, Omar Mateen, launched his massacre, killing 49 people, outrage from victims' families.
8: She
6: knew that her husband was doing what he was doing and shame on her. I am in disbelief. I just feel like we've been slapped in the face.
0: During the trial, prosecutors said this video showed Mateen about to attack Disney Springs, but was scared off by the presence of police. And they alleged Salman knew her husband's plans, that she'd been on an alleged scouting mission at the same Disney location, that she'd joined him when he shopped for ammunition. At the center of their case, her statement, an FBI agent saying she admitted her husband was preparing for jihad. Salman herself writing... I'm sorry for what happened. I wish I'd go back and tell his family and the police what he was going to do. We really did pursue the truth. Defense attorneys charge that statement was coerced that she has a low IQ. Her uncle, Al Salman. I said that's day one, that she is innocent. Her family saying she too is a victim betrayed by her now dead husband. Tonight, expected to head back to California to reunite with her young son. Kerry Sanders, NBC News, Miami.
1: At Ohio, police officers dash and body cameras capture the drama as he is dragged beside a fleeing car.
6: car. What are you doing, You got man? a warrant. I got a misdemeanor, man. Uh, put your hand behind
2: your back.
1: It begins after the officer pulls over a man for a traffic violation and discovers there are warrants for his arrest. After a brief struggle, the driver pulls the officer into the vehicle And drives away, with the officer's legs still outside the car. He makes a U-turn and speeds away, the officer finally falling out. The officer suffered a dislocated shoulder, and the driver was arrested later that night. Arnold Schwarzenegger is recovering in a Los Angeles hospital after undergoing heart surgery. The 70 year old actor and former California governor had a procedure to replace a pulmonic valve. The first valve was installed in 1997 to fix a heart defect and had outlived its life expectancy. Doctors say Schwarzenegger's first words after the surgery were I'm back. (laughs) In Health Matters tonight, a new report from the B.C. Centre on substance use that is bound to be controversial. The centre says consuming cannabis every day could actually delay at-risk youth from moving on to injecting more dangerous drugs. That casts doubt on the assumption that marijuana acts as a gateway for teens to try other, more harmful substances. The researchers repeatedly interviewed nearly 500 young people who had never injected drugs and found that over a decade, daily cannabis use was associated with a 34% decrease in the rate of injected drugs.
0: You're watching Global NewsHour 6.
1: A masterpiece stuck in a closet ago, for decades. Weekend, I was- After the forecast, how much it's worth and why it'll probably never be sold after hearing about that, you'll want to check your closets to see if you have any treasures in there. Kasha
11: Vidurka joins us now with a look
1: at our weather for the long weekend. We're starting off pretty well, Kasha.
11: Mm, it is just a gorgeous evening. Thank you, Sophie. We're sitting at about 10 degrees still. Winds coming in from the west-southwest at 24 kilometers per hour, so definitely windy closer to the water. It's been very gusty also through the Okanagan, where we reached a high of 14 in Kelowna, so it didn't quite feel that way with those winds. But more impressive, look at a Soyuz. That was the hotspot in the entire country today at 17 degrees. We're not expecting it to be quite as warm tomorrow. And by the way, it's almost hard to believe that this is still the same area. A live look at the Okanagan Connector, still expecting a good two to four centimeters of snow through this area. Cloudy flurries there right now. In other areas, expected to pick up snow through the evening hours. The Coquihalla hope to merit, as well as Highway 1 Eagle Pass to Rogers, past two to four centimeters. The good news is that a lot of the snow will be pushing out. And then tomorrow, highways, most major routes are going to be crystal clear tomorrow, so that's going to be great for travel for the long weekend. Still do have a snowfall warning in effect to the extreme southeast Elk Valley, picking up 15 centimeters of snow through this area, but the majority, all of the snowfall warnings that we did have in effect for yesterday, they have since dropped, and now it's, uh, it's the problem to our friends in Alberta where they're picking up 15 to 20 centimeters of snow. Picking up some precipitation through the Okanagan as well, that's rain through valley bottom, snow through higher elevations, that should be pushing out through the evening and the overnight hours. And in the bigger picture, we're seeing all this space here in the uh, Pacific, and that spells sunny skies for tomorrow. So this high pressure, that's going to be pushing a little bit further east, and that means sunny skies for tomorrow. So have a look at your future cast in play. Tomorrow, a beautiful, clear day for most of us, but then we start to see the precipitation move in yet again for for coastal areas into the evening hours, and then it zips across the province throughout the day on our Sunday. So Sunday, we're looking at intermittent showers for many of us, flurries to start the day so your Saturday is going to be a far better day for you throughout the long weekend. Plenty of sunshine to the far north. Prince George only sits at the freezing mark tomorrow. It's nine degrees below seasonal but at least it's sunshine. You well deserved. A sun cloud mix for everybody to the south as well. Temperature is sitting between eight and ten degrees in some places and a range between 10 and even 14 degrees. That's our daytime high in Vancouver for tomorrow with the next five days looking pretty good. A chance of precipitation, though, on your Sunday, it feels a little bit cooler with a daytime high of 10. Your weather window brings us to Hayward Lake in Mission, where Alexandra says, I really hope people will be able to have a picnic here over the weekend. I think they will. So, It looks beautiful, even with that rain. Yeah. Thanks,
1: Kasha. Well, don't we all dream of this happening to us?
4: In a room filled with junk, I had no idea that it was as valuable as it turned out to be.
1: The executive director of an Iowa theater was rummaging around a storage closet when he found something tucked in a corner. It turns out it's the work of painter Otto Van Veen and could be worth as much as $17 million. There are no plans to sell it, though. It will be displayed in the theater's permanent collection. As to why it was tucked away, the director believes it might have been too risque for the Des Moines Women's Club. When they received it back in the early 1920s. Hmm. Check
9: your clock. I wonder if my velvet painting of Elvis is worth $17 million.
1: Might be worth $17. Oh, okay. know.
9: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. even think I paid that for it, so that's a win. This is
1: a great story. Not, yes, it is. Not something you hear about all the time. He's Mm-mm. 36 years old, he's an accountant, and he's also an NHL goalie now. Huh.
9: He's in the record books.
1: This guy right here. Uh, called into action when the Blackhawks starting and second string goalies both got injured and Scott Foster became an overnight sensation.
7: Hey, who's this guy? That guy is 36-year-old Scott Foster, or Foz, as he's known around Western Michigan University.
0: It's got to be Foz.
7: WMU's former assistant hockey coach was half asleep when Foster took the ice for the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: I mean, that's just I mean, it's just a dream. I mean, you can't. It's a Disney movie almost. You can't. You can't make that up.
7: Typically, the only action so-called emergency goalies see is from the press box, where there's dinner and a seat to watch the pros.
0: I don't think I heard anything other than. And put your helmet on, <laughs> and, then, and now I'm
8: standing here.
7: The Blackhawks' starting goalie got injured during warm-ups. His backup also got hurt, and Foster was called in. He stopped every shot he faced, helping the Hawks claim victory.
0: Look at the euphoria
7: for this kid that nobody knew before. The crowd chanted the name of the guy Chicago fans had never heard of. An accountant.
9: A few hours ago I was sitting on my computer typing on a 10
0: key and now I'm uh, standing in front of you guys.
7: Now, a sports sensation.
0: Everybody's hero, you know what I mean, everybody's guy.
7: Foster named MVP Poster! of his first and only professional game, which came about a dozen years after his last college appearance at WMU.
0: You know, you see so many guys work so hard all their life to try to play professional hockey and to even get even a sniff or even get close to what that is. and. Um, you know, for him to have that opportunity—that those fourteen minutes and seven saves—I mean, that's that's incredible.
1: And he was named first star.
9: Yes, he was named first star.
1: Unbelievable. Amazing.
9: Well, you had to give him first star after that.
1: I—I I mean, it's unfair. I mean,
9: the Blackhawks were leading by quite a bit. It would have been interesting if it had been a close game. Yeah, and, and you know. Winnipeg was, I mean, Winnipeg took shots. I'm not knocking what he did, but if they were really pressing and they were down by one goal or if it was a tie or something, that would have been a very...
1: Who's the Canucks emergency
9: too. T- well, Someone it depends. But we have seen kids from UBC yeah. back up, but they never went in the game. There was one night, oh, I forget his name now. Chris, I think his name was. That's his first name. But uh, he was backing up, and for a second there, it looked like the starting goalie was hurt. And you could sort of see in his eyes, like, whoa, man, bad things are going to happen to me. But he didn't have to go in.
1: Last second, Squire.
9: No, no, no. I had to run run upstairs to my office and get something. Okay, he's got it. He's ready to go. Chris Levesque, that was the name. Okay, okay. so the Canucks won last night, which means chances of being the worst team in the league are pretty much gone. And their chances to win the draft lottery have lessened, well, just a bit. Uh, But at least there were two nice goals from that uh, 2-1 win over Edmonton last night. The Connor McDavid goal. Here's the thing about Connor McDavid. The speed... But this shot literally comes out of nowhere. It's in. He goes by Gagne, who doesn't know what shoulder to look over anymore. Delzado can't stop him, the quick shot and a goal. But the Canucks goal that won the game, Derek Pouliot, was a nice move as well. Waiting him out. So the Canucks win 2-1. They have Columbus tomorrow afternoon. That won't be an easy game for Vancouver. Let's check out the uh, lottery situation right now. I think Buffalo pretty much has this worst team in the league thing wrapped up. Uh, The Canucks, fourth best chance to win the lottery at 9.5%. But as we said before, New Jersey won it last year when they had an 8.5% chance. And not very often does the worst team win the lottery. The Leafs did it, but not many do. Uh, I got to say, I still wish the Canucks had given John Tortorella a chance to coach that team a bit longer than just one year. Give him young players to work with, because one thing he has done in his career is turn young teams into winners. He did it with Tampa Bay. He won the Stanley Cup there, and he's turning Columbus into a winner as well. And as we said, Columbus is in town tomorrow afternoon. Tortorella also wishes he got more than just one year as the Canucks head coach, mainly because he loved coaching Henrik and Daniel Sedin and with all the talk of them coming to a decision on whether to play one more year or not Tortorella offered these thoughts on Henrik and Daniel
0: um, I, I just I wish I, I wish I had more opportunity to spend more time with them um, first class uh, great competitors where I, I think some people have second guessed them a little bit as far as how hard they play uh, yeah I know I know they're getting older. Uh, they leave this game, this game loses. Uh, uh, just terrific people and terrific players. We
4: begin period number three.
8: The...
9: Last night, Kelowna was knocked out of the Western Hockey League playoffs. Four straight games to Tri-City. They uh, gave up an average of six goals per game in that series. As for the battle between the Royals and the Vancouver Giants. It has been reduced to a best of three after Victoria defeated Vancouver 7-3 last night. The Royals have never led in this series, but they do have home ice advantage back. However, the Giants have bounced back from losses in this series already.
4: Gregor, swing, slap shot, scores. There's nothing like playoffs to speed up the learning curve for a young hockey team. Pretty much the entire Giants roster is going through its first Western Hockey League playoff experience, and as you might expect, there have been great moments and humbling ones as well. Game four was humbling, as the Giants just weren't ready to put in the work it takes to win at this time of
8: year. The last game, our work ethic wasn't there in, in our compete level, and we played with uh, you know, a lot lack of enthusiasm and that's the reason we lost the game. Uh, if you look at the, the past games we won against them, we were, we were all going and we were working our butts off and and we were enjoying it and playing
4: with our passion. The Giants discipline was also lacking. They took selfish penalties that led to three Royals power play goals but then again it's been a battle royale against a fierce rival.
3: We play these guys 10 times during the regular season, so we know them quite well. We don't like them at all and they don't like us, so we're going to want to beat them as much as we can during this series and we want to win it.
4: The Giants feel they're still in good shape. Tied 2-2, and their top sniper Ty Ronning is yet to find the net after firing 61 during
8: the regular season. He's got five assists, but still looking for that first goal. Uh, For me, I'm a shoot guy, and I play my best when I'm shooting the puck, so I just gotta keep shooting and and playing with my passion, and and, uh, uh, just lead by example.
2: It's not gonna be easy. Anything worth having is hard, and we're going through that, and um, it's been been fun. We know what's at stake here, and uh, we're Looking forward to Saturday.
4: That's when they'll play game five in Victoria. Game six goes Monday afternoon at the Langley Events Center. Very Delay, global
0: sports.
12: Yankees yeah, won their first game against the
1: Jays
0: until right up more, so they can look off speed and adjust Ooh. to
4: the fastball. Get up, bro. get
0: up, bro. get out of
9: here. Randall Grichuk gets his first as a Blue Jay, former Cardinal. That made it one-one in the second. Tyler Wade base hit off Aaron Sanchez. Two are scoring. He's going to score. Yankees up four-one. At that point, we are in the ninth. Yankees still with the lead. All right. What? Don't yes.
1: go anywhere. Oh,
9: well, I wasn't planning to, but okay.
1: Squires got satellite debris coming up next.
9: Okay.
11: But first, Kasia Badurka has five things to do this long She's weekend. She's busy too. <laughs> No shortage of Easter activities this weekend, and all around fun. First off at BC Place Play Dome, Western Canada's largest indoor carnival. It's still on this weekend with over 45 rides and attractions, including carnival games and fun fair foods. The Vancouver Aquarium takes the Easter egg hunt very seriously and literally. Take a self-guided hunt featuring aquatic creatures and their eggs. Learn the interesting stories behind the hatchlings and enter for chocolate treats and other prizes. It's a different angle at the historic Stuart Farm in Surrey. It's an old fashioned Easter celebration where kids will be making bunny ears, find treats throughout the house and meet the Easter bunny. The event is free. Now, how about Easter in the garden? All weekend, kids are invited to the great, amazing egg hunt at Van Dusen Botanical Garden. Bring a basket and let the kids search through several gardens. They all get chocolate at the end. The Midway is in Surrey this weekend. For that quintessential outdoor carnival experience, head to the Fleetwood Shopping Centre. The carnival's on all weekend and Monday. For more on this, head to globalnews.ca slash five things.
10: This program
9: is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners, plus get the best roadside assistance.
1: Space.
9: That was kind of weird. Okay.
1: <laughs> Let's just
9: begin. So here's a cat. This is in Japan. And every time he hears his owner play, he gets in the room. Now, I can't figure this out. Does he not like what she's doing? Because she's quite good. Or does he just want to get close to the music? Because this is what happens. So yeah. You ruined the performance. <laughs> And every time she starts up again, no matter where she puts him in the house, he shows up and ruins the performance.
1: Oh, it's the, you know when you try to read a newspaper? Yeah. The cat comes yeah. and sits
9: okay, at it. so here's a dog listening to his owner play. When he stops playing, watch what happens. Aww. And when he starts,
11: Aww.
9: he's happy again. And he's kind of bopping.
11: He is, yeah, he's rocking.
9: Now watch what happens when he stops.
1: This should be a Bud Light commercial
9: too. You know what? I th- I think there's a bit of product placement here.
11: So funny.
9: Here we go again.
6: Angry, <laughs> immediate. Oh, no, That
9: over. So uh, okay, uh, two commercials. Uh, one uh, which features a cat. It's it's a bit it's different, but it's from Japan. I like it. Uh, and one uh, featuring Queen Latifah. Yeah. Okay. Here we
11: go.
4: Throw back.
0: SUBARASHI
10: I'm going to mess around and flip the scene It's a
6: revert with what? With a little touch of ladies first What? <laughs>
10: <laughs> <Ooh>.
6: <laughs> Are you about to be car crash fool karaoke? Nasty Nasty boys I don't the change <laughs>
1: There you go. Can't decide which song is the earworm now.
11: I still have YMCA in Japanese. YMCA in Japanese.
9: I have never heard that before. I like that. Mm. Okay. Um, Android commercial featuring animals you wouldn't think would normally hang together.
4: Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what the other has to say. This and this and that and having such a good time Oodle lolly, oodle golly, what a day Never ever thinking there was danger in the water They were drinking, they just guzzled it down Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse Was watching them and gathering around Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest Jumping fences, dodging trees and trying to get away Played nothing but escape, and Finally making it Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly What a day Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly What a day Who knew tigers and Bears
9: hung out? Oh my
1: Only in space But I just felt like it could have gone wrong At any second I'm glad it didn't
9: No animals were hurt during the making of that commercial. The
1: outtakes were.